Welcome to the Steam Ahead podcast. With about 75% of the fastest growing occupations requiring skills in science, technology, engineering, arts and mathematics, career chats with young people is essential for increasing participation, ability and aspiration in these careers. This podcast shares stories from men and women with careers in STEAM so that young people can be informed on how to shape their future. So, join your STEAM Ahead host, Jessica Carl, who explores actionable insights and tips that young people can apply to achieve success and confidence in choosing their career path. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. Increasing young people's curiosity and aspiration into STEAM starts with these conversations, which is why I'm excited for our career chat with Jessica Deneen. Jessica is an engineer at Gladstone Regional Council, and as a public works engineer, she is passionate about improving her community by creating spaces for them to use, and all about things engineering and STEAM. In school, Jess did English, Math B, Graphics, Information Technology, and Visual Arts, and we're excited for her to be joining us today to speak about her career and how she combines science and arts. Welcome, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So as a public works engineer at Council, can you tell me a bit more about what you do as an engineer and what that means to you? Yeah, sure. So my role mainly fits within the transport, drainage and public spaces like parks domain. So um, my the main reason I love being a public works engineer is because I get to work directly with the community and create spaces for them to use that they really love. Um, I've lived in Gladstone almost my entire life, so it's my community as well. And so that's why I'm so passionate about making it a better place and really improving the infrastructure for the whole community's benefit, really. So that's, that's, what, that's where I get my passion from for public works engineering. That's awesome. And I think it's a really good point that you made there about the passion for what you do. Being able to be passionate and do something that you love is really important when you choose a career, isn't it? A hundred percent. Like I couldn't imagine doing something that I didn't love. So you spend most of your time in your life working. So you've got to pick something that you really love and that you're really passionate about and that makes you want to wake up in the morning and go to work. You don't want to wake up and think, oh God, here's another day at the office. It wants you want to pick a career that makes you gives you some drive and makes you really want to connect with what you're doing. Absolutely. And I guess thinking about how you got to this point in your career, if we jump back to when you were at school, and I can see from your profile that you didn't do math, C or physics in your subject selection whereas science and arts was more of a big focus to you. Can you tell me why you chose these subjects at school? Yeah, so I, straight from grade eight, I did visual arts and graphics. Visual arts has always been my fun subject. I always felt like I needed to have a subject that was really fun. So that was my fun subject, although it was also one of the most difficult subjects um, come year 11 and 12. And graphics was just something that I've always been quite talented in. Um, so that's why I wanted to do it. I was always really good at it. I always really enjoyed it. And then information technology was something that I started in grade 11 because I wasn't overly good at 
that sort of stuff. And I thought this is something that will challenge me and will help me improve. And it also offered a Cert 3 in information technology at the end by the time I graduated high school. So that's why I chose that subject. And in the end, it really worked out the best, to be honest. Um, like I didn't do physics or math C, which going into engineering was a little bit of a struggle. But I don't want anyone like listening to this thinking, oh, I haven't done physics, I haven't done the hard maths, how am I going to be an engineer? Because quite honestly, in your first year of uni for engineering, you'll go through all that same stuff anyway. So um, I had a lot of friends that did physics and math C in high school. And the first year of uni was kind of a bit of a recap for them, whereas I was learning it for the first time. So it was a little bit more challenging. But at the same time, they teach you everything you need to know. So it's not like you're going to be behind at all. It just means that you'll you'll just be learning it, which is fine. And I'll be honest, I actually failed Physics A in my first semester um, at university. I think that's mainly because I didn't really grasp the electrical side of physics, and that was a lot of the final exam. So it's good thing that I'm not an electrical engineer. But I just retook it in the second year, and then I passed, and it was fine. So just, you know, if you think you're going to really enjoy engineering, you haven't done physics or math C, don't think that's the be all and end all. Just hunker down and, and learn it. It's not a big deal. And it's always interesting, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. It, honestly, it was quite fun to learn. And as you'd know, because I believe you didn't do physics or math C either, it's, it's not the be all and end all. You'll learn it and you'll get through and you'll still be an amazing engineer in the end. So really, it's not a big deal. Yeah, 100%. I know when I didn't do maths or physics and I rocked up at university and we had to do invisible numbers and a lot of the guys in my cohort had done invisible numbers when they were at school in grade 11 and grade 12, but they knew a very certain type of method for solving, whereas we got taught something different and in the exam we were marked on that method and that method only. So it actually worked out better for me with invisible numbers because it meant that I only learnt one way of solving for it and I didn't get confused between the others. Yeah, that's exactly right. You're learning the way that your lecturers need you to learn. So really learning it for the first time is maybe a bit of a blessing in disguise, really. Yeah, exactly. So I know also from your profile in school that you've been a bit of a dancer ever since you were about three years old, it's been a bit of a, a fun thing for you to do. And I hear that you still do it today. Yeah, yeah, I do. So um, my mum put me into dancing when I was about three years old. She tells me that when I first started, I wasn't a big fan, but she said, no, you're sticking to it for a term. That's, you know, that's what we pay for. And um, apparently, as soon as I put my makeup on and my costume on for my concert, that was it. I was in, I was a dancer. So clearly I've always been a little bit of a girly girl. Um, and it was, it's, it's something that I still do now because it's fun. It gives me a, a bit of a release and a good way to keep fit. And it's been a really great way to make friends with some beautiful people as well. So I, I've never danced because I wanted to be a dancer. I've just danced because it's something that I find is really fun and it's given me the opportunity to keep doing something that I really love. 
And I also love that you've embraced the fact that you can be a girly girl with like your ballet shoes and, you know, tutus, but also the fact that you are this badass engineer that wears, you know, a hard hat and steel cap boots to work as well. So I love that, that contrast and it's, it's so you. Yeah, I've always, I've always had that contrast um, growing up as well. Like I've always been my dad's TA. So I was like growing up right from when I was really little, I was always hanging out in the shed with my dad, handing him tools and helping him work on things like that. And um, I remember when I was 16 and I got my first car and it was a little bit dodgy, I'm not going to lie, needed a lot of work. And I actually worked with my dad to fix it all up myself. So I remember pulling the doors off and rewiring um, the electric windows and all that sort of stuff. So I, I did that with my dad, who's an electrician. And honestly, if I wasn't an engineer, I'd probably be an electrician just like him. But yeah, I just, I've always enjoyed being hands-on and really working. But then at the same time, I love to get dressed up and do my hair and my makeup and and dance. <laughs> so it's really good to have that contrast in my life. I really love it. And I now have a two-year-old daughter who seems to be kind of taking in my footsteps a little bit because she absolutely loves hanging out in the shed with my husband, being his little TA, handing him different sorts of tools and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's really, really, it's a beautiful thing. I guess that really speaks to the influence that we have in our lives as we grow up. And I was just thinking about you know, your dad was obviously a big influence, but were, were there certain influences in your life that made you choose the career pathway of engineering? Was it something that happened along the way that just made you think, yep, this is going to be a, a good step for me to take? Yeah, definitely. So um, I'd never really thought about being an engineer. Um, I'd always wanted to be an architect going through high school. I actually had a friend and we had always planned on opening an architecture firm together. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, it wasn't until the start of grade 12 or the end of grade 11 at um, parent-teacher interviews, my mum got invited to a parent-teacher interview with my graphics teacher. When she got there, she asked why she was there because it was my best class and it had, you know she didn't understand why she'd been called to a parent-teacher interview. And he said that he likes to break up the bad interviews with some good ones and that I was really talented with graphics and that I should pursue a career that used that background. And mum said, all right, well, that's great. She's good at graphics, but what career is going to act like, what career should she choose? And that's when he said that I'd be a really good engineer. And so that's when mum and I kind of sat down and went, all right, I'm going to make a good engineer. If I want to do architecture, I've got to go to Brisbane. If I do engineering, then I can stay in Gladstone. I can get my meals cooked for me and my laundry done. <laughs> and um, and CQ has a really, really great engineering program. And I thought civil engineering and architecture kind of crossover. They're a little bit alike. So maybe I could do that and see how it goes. And Honestly, it's the best decision I've ever made because I'm actually not very good at structures and I don't enjoy structures at all. And I really like transport and parks and drainage. So that's really got nothing to do with architecture at all. But you never know until you try it. Yeah, that's absolutely true. You never know anything until you try it. I wanted to talk a little bit more about what other career options you were tossing up between at school and like why did it end up being engineering in the end? What was that full process like for you? 
Yes. So architecture was kind of, that's where my mindset was at. I was like, nah, I want to build beautiful homes and beautiful buildings. And and that's what I want to do. Um, And then obviously I've also mentioned that I wouldn't mind being an electrician as well um, because my dad's an electrician and I'm fairly good at at hands-on work like that, although I'm not very good at electrical engineering. Whole nother (laughs) ballgame. But going from architecture to civil engineering, it's they're fairly similar on paper and so it really wasn't too big of a jump. It was more just the fact that I could stay at home to study, which was a really big draw card for me. Like even though like every other teenager I kind of wanted to jump the nest and move to Brisbane to a big city, but at the same time I knew I wouldn't really be able to afford it that much moving to Brisbane. It was going to be something that was quite difficult. I wasn't going to be eligible for a lot of the the um, subsidies and that sort of stuff that you can get from the government. So it was going to be a bit of a struggle sending me to Brisbane. And so I thought, all right, CQU's got this really fantastic program. It's got this co-op program that allows me to graduate with two years experience. I can't get that anywhere else. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, do this this is the best path for my career moving forward and honestly it really was in hindsight it was the best decision that I could have made because that experience that you get in this co-op program that CQU has you get to earn what you learn you get to understand the theories from your university books and your assignments and then you take it out to the real world and you see it yeah exactly so in my second year of uni I remember I don't know, working on an assignment or getting ready for an exam or something like that and thinking, is this really what life's going to be like? I'm not sure I can deal with this. Like this is stressful and it's just calculations and it's all just uh, like pretty overwhelming, to be honest. And then I did my first placement with Gladstone Regional Council and being able to actually see, like see these in this engineering work being done that was a really big thing for me to go, all right, so this is actually what I'll be doing. It's not all of the textbooks and that sort of stuff. Like, obviously, I do still have to refer to my textbooks sometimes, and that's totally fine. Um, And it's really great to actually go back and and review all that sort of stuff, because I do still do calculations in my job now. Um, But it's not it's not all studying or anything like that. It's not super overwhelming and you actually get, you get something at the end. So in uni, a lot of the times you're doing calculations and then you do an assignment and you might get a pass or a credit or you might get a HD and that's great, but it's really not much of an outcome. Whereas when you're actually working as an engineer, you do your calculations, you do a design and then you actually see that come to life. And that's where that's where my passion really comes in is when I get excited because I'm not just doing calculations for the sake of doing them. I'm doing them to create something amazing that's going to benefit a community. So doing those placements as a part of my uni degree really helped me go, yeah, engineering is a fantastic career. This is what I want to do. And then I could really put what I'd learnt in the field into my studies and it really helped me do those do my studies a bit better and and be more a bit passionate about my studies and get 
better grades and that sort of thing as well. So having the two working together was really good. It's also how I got my job, which is a bonus as well. I'm keen for you to share a bit more about that transition of what it was like from school to university to industry, what it was like, because I understand uh, you started your career at Gladstone Regional Council and you're still there to this day, but you got put uh, in some sort of career placement as an undergraduate student. Can you tell me a bit more about how this happened? Yeah, so um, transitioning from high school to uni, firstly, that was probably the most difficult transition, to be honest. Going from very structured learning to kind of self-managed learning, that was the most difficult thing. Like I went from having to go to school at specific times and do specific classes to then having to be really self-managed and having to make myself go to classes and like I really didn't have to go to a lecture but it was really having to self-manage my time so that was kind of the biggest the biggest change for me that was the most difficult transition but then going from uni to undergraduate work because I was in the CQU uh, co-op program it was actually it was fairly simple so I applied for a scholarship with uh, Gladstone Regional Council. I was one of 12 people in my year in Gladstone. So um, there was only three of us that went for the scholarship because most other people um, were either looking at doing mechanical, electrical, or they already had scholarships. So I was one of three going for the scholarship. One guy didn't even turn up to the interview. So it was down to just me and another another guy that went for this position. And I was really nervous going into the interview. Interviews before that that I'd done were just like casual positions at Coles and Woolies. So going into this interview with a panel of three people, I was nervous, you know, I was clicking my fingers, I was fidgeting, and I, like I'm sure they could tell I was nervous. But when I asked them, like so after I got the position, I asked them what was it that I did that put me over the edge to help me get this position and they said when we asked you the question how do you feel about having to work for council for 12 months following your graduation and you were so passionate about saying yeah like that's exactly what I want to do that's my favorite part about this whole scholarship idea Um, I'd love to keep working in public works it was that passion that I showed for wanting to continue working with council that really put me over the line. And so that's how I got that position. And then transitioning from an undergraduate position to a graduate position was actually made quite simple by my organisation as well. So council made it pretty easy because I already knew my supervisors, I already knew a lot of my co-workers, I already knew how to use most of the programs and all that sort of stuff. I knew their procedures. So jumping into a graduate position, it was really just taking on bigger projects and more complex work. It wasn't really that difficult. So that transition was made really easy by them. And I've actually, since then, I've transitioned to drop the graduate off my position title. I'm now just an engineer and um, they made that transition super easy as well. So I was pretty lucky in having an organisation that really wanted to help me grow and see me grow as an engineer and I've since had a child as well and coming back from maternity leave, 
they also made that transition really easy as well. So they allowed me to come back part-time, working from home for a few months. And then as I wanted to, so I requested to come back into the office and then I requested to take on more hours. So they really let me lead that transition back into the workplace as well. So that's, yeah, I've just been really lucky and, well, I've really taken on the opportunities that have been presented to me by having an organisation that allowed me to transition right from being a student through to being a working mum. And you're a bit of a yes woman. Like, you know that the people you worked with in your undergraduate role, you knew a bit about the culture. And so when that transition happened, you already felt supported and you could just go full steam ahead, right? Exactly. Yeah, 100%. And you're right, I am a bit of a yes woman. And still to this day, um, I asked my boss for some feedback on how I work. And he said, look, one of the best things that you can do and you can keep doing is just taking things on board and really seeing them through. So um, I've been told that I, I'm someone that will really finish a project. So if I get something, I'm like, I kind of get thrown a lot of pineapples, as some people would call them, because they're usually customer requests that have been put in a too hard basket and so they end up getting thrown my way and I'll see them through and I'll get them done. It might not be the outcome that the customer wanted, um, but it's going to be, it's an outcome. I always I always finish where I start and I always pr- produce some sort of outcome that's the best for the community, whether it's what the specific customer wanted in the first place, sometimes it's not. But yeah, I really like to see things through. Sometimes it's it's a bit of a burden. I do take on a little bit too much sometimes, but um, I'm working better, working on getting better at, at saying no as well and saying, look, I've got this stuff. If you want me to take this on, then I'm going to have to lower the priority of something else just so that I'm really setting those expectations. Absolutely. And so I've got one last question for you, Jess. Looking back, what tips would you give to young people considering career pathways in engineering? Yeah, so um, like I've said earlier, you're going to spend more time in your life working than you are not. So make sure you're picking something that you really love. If you think you're going to love engineering, go for it. Hunker down, do all your study you can, but Pick a career that's going to give you something that will give you that work-life balance that you need. So for me, I really needed work-life balance to spend time with my family, to do my dancing and to keep mentally sane. (laughs) So make sure you do something that really gives you that work-life balance so that you can keep doing things that you love whilst you work as well. And also, like, don't hesitate to ask for help. So it's not going to make you look dumb or anything like that. It's it's going to make you look like you're willing to improve and that you want to learn. And eventually you'll be the person that people are asking help from. So don't hesitate to ask for help. That's a really good point to finish on. Thank you so much for joining us, Jess. Thanks for having me. So in school... Jessica did math, B, graphics, information technology, digital art and English, and went on to study civil engineering at Seek University in Gladstone without having done math, C in physics. Her career at Gladstone Regional Council has meant that she's worked on projects which improve community spaces, transport and utility systems. 
After getting offered an undergraduate role at Council, Jessica has progressed to be a design engineer and a very eminent public works engineer in Queensland, with her team recently being awarded the $1.2 million project award by IPWEAQ. Her career pathway has inspired many other women, including myself, and I love her philosophy that you don't need to choose between personal and professional goals. You can really have it all. You've just got to say yes to the opportunities as they come at you. So on behalf of our dream team, if you've enjoyed listening to our career chats, please take some time to rate and review the podcast and share our episodes with people you know so that we can continue to be a source of inspiration for young people. If you want any questions answered, send us a message so we can feature your questions on the Steam Ahead podcast. Head to www.dreambigaustralia.org and let us know what career chats you would like to have. Chat with you soon.